This episode of the Drive-By Podcast, number 87, is sponsored by Berkici.ca. Order fine Italian products from any province in Canada and delivered straight to your home. Click on the link on the page where you get this podcast. You'll see it underlined, Berkici.ca. This is the Drive-By with Freeway Frank. Hey, what's going on? It's Freeway Frank. This is episode 87 of the Drive-By Podcast, and we're set to go here on the Tuesday edition, and it is Valentine's. I would say happy Valentine's, but I don't partake in this celebration. Why? Because it's a calendar day. It's a day we are told to tell somebody, well, hopefully the person that means something to us, that we love them. It's a day of love. But like any other day on the calendar, any other day you pick it where they tell you, This is the day for this. I mean, except for Christmas, Easter, holidays like that, right? Anytime they tell you, they. The men and women in the white lab coats who decide this stuff, anytime they're telling you that, it's for commercial purposes. They want to sell. They want to sell the chocolates, the roses, the cards, the jewelry, whatever. The dinners, right? And, And everybody profits. Now, I understand the restaurants have to make money. I understand that. The economy has to keep rolling. But the day itself, I find awkward. It's awkward because guys always mess things up. Just when you think you got the right flowers, oh, but I don't like these flowers. So you you have to make sure it's the flowers she likes. Oh, and I got these chocolates, but these are the commercial chocolates, the ones that everybody gets. No, it has to be something out of this world, something different, not something you pick up at the drugstore last minute because you're desperate. This is what men later on in relationships do. It's like the go-to place, right? You go there, it's panic-looked on guys' faces, and they're grabbing anything, everything and anything, uh, and just to make sure that, that they give something. That's not good. It's not good when it's forced. Hence, it's a calendar day telling you this is the day. But what about every other day of the year? I like to celebrate Valentine's. All the time. I know uh, that might sound tacky, but it's true. Every day should be a day for love. And it doesn't matter what day of the week, you should always do something nice. And it doesn't mean it's just something material that you have to give the person. But every day should be a day where you tell somebody you love them. Or you do something nice for them. And maybe you get them something or get them flowers on another day that is not the day where everyone on the planet is supposed to get flowers for the woman they love or you know, whoever you love at this point. But getting back to Valentine's, didn't you find it awkward the first time you went out and you were in your 20s? That's why I really believe this is a celebration for people in their 20s who don't know better. It's always people that, um, you know, are getting their first, how do you say, look at Valentine's, you know, late teens, 18 to like, let's say 30 years old. The expectations are high. Women want everything perfect. Did he get me this? Is he taking me this? What restaurant? And then it's the awkwardness of being out with a bunch of other couples when you walk into a restaurant and it's all couples. And it's cheesy. That's always been cheesy to me. I think I did it once and it's awkward. You're looking around and it's couples for miles in the restaurant or wherever you go. And it's the pressure the girl you're with is looking around and seeing what the other women are getting, have or meals are being ordered. It's so much pressure. 
It's like, oh, look, he got her a, a bottle of uh, Veuve Clicquot, bottle of champagne. Oh, maybe I should do that too. Oh, look at the wine. Uh, maybe I should get a bottle of wine instead of a glass of wine or whatever. You know what I mean? There's so much pressure. Oh, he, he, he actually brought her the gift to give to her right then and there. Oh, now they're taking a picture. Now the server's taking a picture of both of them uh, together, and now they're kissing. Oh, that's so much pressure, so much. And this is the pressure that 20-something guys, sometimes 30-something guys, face. I feel sorry for you if you're 40 and 50-something or over and still feeling this pressure. You might not be with the right person. You might be with a, a person that has their priorities mixed up because Valentine's, the day itself, the commercial day, is bullshit. We all know that. And the older you get, the more you start to wake up and realize all women did it when they were younger. They expected. They expected. They, you know, what did he get me? And some women still today expect, you know, the husband to come home with something. And they will. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, it seems like it's forced. If the husband brought home flowers yesterday or Saturday or two weeks ago, isn't that more romantic than on the day you expect it and then god forbid he forgets then a fight ensues right so this is a lose-lose situation for every man on the planet hence why i hate this day <laughs> and those guys can't stand it and you know what an ontario school has canceled valentine's and that's for for other reasons but i mean you pretty much could put it together no cards no candy ontario school bans valentine's day arguing it harms equity goals. While we acknowledge the celebration of Valentine's Day and are mindful of the popularity of that day, it is not celebrated by all students. So therefore, forget it. We're not gonna we're not gonna celebrate it at school either. I remember back in the day, it was so raw when I was growing up. They didn't think about anything. They just did things. I remember we had at at the playground, we had this big rocket. Okay, it was a big rocket where you'd climb to the top, all made of metal. Metal. It was the most unsafe thing, and it was just there. How? I don't believe any kid ever died or fell off of it, whatever, because it was all closed in and caged in. But at the same time, going up the steps all the way to the top, pretty dangerous. And a lot of things at the playground back in the day were very dangerous. A lot of things we did were not really planned or well thought out. Valentine's was one of them because... Everybody was giving, I remember we had to give a Valentine's Day card, write our own card, and not only for the family, but then we had to make Valentine's cards and give it to somebody we liked in the classroom. Think about that today. Today, it would be awkward for kids to do that, and it shouldn't be, but it, this is why they canceled it, because you know, there's some kids that don't want to give it to the opposite sex. There's some kids who want to give it to a guy, some women who, girls who want to give it to a girl, uh, it, it gets complicated, right? So, and then there's the million pronouns and all this other stuff happening. We don't we don't know what's going on anymore. And uh, the teacher with the big synthetic boobs, so I just cancel it. Just cancel it. That's that's the easy thing to do. But back in the day, we didn't think about any of these things. We didn't think of circumstances. <laughs> what could happen here? Nah, we just did it. And life was a lot better. You did it, and you worried about it later. There was always a kid crying. I didn't get the vault. And then, uh, okay. And that made, that toughened people up, right? That made people, kids, stronger. A lot stronger because we went through a lot more. Now, it's, as I said, it's it's just so flaky. 
It says everybody's offended, everybody's hurt. Cancel the day. Cancel the day before something happens. I'm going to go from talking about Valentine's to this, and this is going to be weird. People are going to be like, "What? What's the uh, what? What's the connection to this?" But I had to bring it up. It's the calamari cocktail. Have you heard about this? No, this is not something that you order, or you'll be ordering tonight, Valentine's dinner. Well, you might be ordering calamari, but the calamari cocktail is now it's it's uh, uh, it's men who are uncircumcised are are, are getting. I guess, servers, other women at the bars that they're going to, doing shots from their uncircumcised penises. Hence the calamari cocktail. Because when you lift it, of course, there's a lot of space, a lot of space to put some tequila in there, a bit of lime, and have a shot. Is there anything more disgusting than that visual I just gave you? I'm, I'm sorry about that. But this is now something that is happening Everywhere, apparently, across North America. It's a thing. You know, it's like when they started eating detergent, those pods. Uh, now this is the thing. Apparently, kids are doing it. I don't know. But <laughs> apparently, kids are doing it on Friday nights, friends' basements, hanging out and smoking pot and doing calamari cocktails. What I don't get is you would imagine nowadays no one has a calamari. Everybody's getting circumcised. I know it's it's culture specific. Some cultures they just leave it like that. But I would think you're born in North America. Snip, snip. What are they doing? Looking for people that that are uncircumcised? Is that how it is? What kind of a skank do you have to be to be doing tequila shots from the foreskin of a man's castle? Very bizarre behavior, right? Now, I'm not saying you can do whatever you want. Any man's thing. The calamari cocktail, when you think about it, I mean, he would have to take a 15-minute shower. I'm sure there are some shot glasses in some bars that are dirtier than some of the calamaris that I'm talking about here. But nonetheless, it's uh, it's disgusting. Again, do what you want. Once there's alcohol in there, <laughs> it's disgusting. Speaking of disgusting, this podcast has a bit of everything in it, You know, a bit of... Uh, Romance for Valentine's, a, a bit of uh, discussed R-rated calamari cocktail conversation. And now, John Tory, the mayor of Toronto, looks like he's going to be resigning. Even though I don't think he's made an official, he's still there. I don't think he's made an official. He made a statement saying that he cheated on his wife with a staffer, 31 years old. The guy is like, what is he, 70? Have you seen this picture, by the way? This guy is not... Uh, maybe back in the day, but not a handsome man. And he was cheating uh, with her, having an affair with her during the lockdowns or during COVID. So imagine when they were telling you to wear a mask, do all that stuff. Uh, he was banging his 31-year-old uh, staffer. It's, and, it's a, and it's amazing to me, after you see a picture of John Tory, to think that a 31-year-old would find that interesting. So then you have to start asking yourself, what in God's name does she find appealing? So it's either one of two things. The power, he's the mayor of Toronto, or he has money and he was obviously paying for some sugar daddy, sugar baby type relationship. That to me sounds more like what was going on because at that point, if the woman gets what she wants, he gets what he wants. And that makes a lot more sense. Now, the fact that he cheated on his wife, 
none of my concern. A lot of people think that leaders, like to me, if Justin Trudeau cheats on his wife, I couldn't give two shits. I care about how he's running the country. He's not my moral leader in any way. No politician is. So if any politician is cheating on their wife, that's between, or their husband, that's between them. I don't care. When they made this whole big hoopla about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky and all that, I thought to myself, "Who people cheat. Okay, I'm not saying it's right. If it was a priest, if it was a moral leader. Now, I know people look at that. I understand people look at that, right? But then leave it up to the people to vote the person back in again. When you see somebody like that have to almost immediately resign, and apparently he was doing a decent job as the mayor of Toronto, why does he have to resign? That's what I want to know. Why does he have to resign? Why would people say, oh, well, you know, he's disgusting, and sure, he might be, and uh, he did this, and I don't agree. Well, let him have it at the next election. Why does he have to quit his job? Is it because if he cheats on his wife, he'll probably cheat at other things and therefore can't be trusted i get that the people say well well he's if he's willing to sleep with a 31 year old and he's almost 70 imagine what he's doing with the city of toronto books i get that 100 percent. but i'm not one of those people asking for his resignation even though i don't live in toronto uh, or i would ask for anyone's resignation because they did that honestly i couldn't give three shits yet alone two if somebody were cheating on their significant other and they're running a country, city, province, whatever. As long as they're doing a good job, that's shit that they have to deal with when they go home at night. But what I'm still more shocked about, and then again, I'm not shocked, is every time I see a picture of an older guy with a younger girl, it's always a hot girl, by the way. It's always a hot girl. And then I, I see and I go, wow, what? I mean, how disgusting. And can you imagine they, they're having, um, she's having a calamari cocktail. Don't even go there. But can you imagine this beautiful girl, and this is what her life has come down to, that she's having to sleep with this thing, this thing, this guy right over here, because he's getting her things and paying for her apartment and whatever. Have you no, uh, like, zero integrity, nothing? I, I understand that uh, it's hard times and all that, uh, hard times. But at the same time, it's like, you know, can you not pick at least a guy who's kind of still handsome? Kind of, I mean, you know, like, does he have to be 90 and frail and you're like Anna Nicole Smith with your Triple H boobs sticking out? Like, you have to make it that obvious is what I'm saying. Some women don't care. They're literally there for the money. I'm sure some people fall in love with that big age gap and it has... They're both poor, and yeah, that doesn't happen. We know that. Episode 87, where was I going with that? <laughs> with a straight face. <laughs> that was sarcasm. Episode 87 of the Drive-By Podcast is brought to you by Berkici.ca. The best of Italy, imported right to Canada. They have the fresh cheeses, burrata cheeses, bufala, San Marzano tomatoes, beautiful pastas, lovely olive oils, balsamic vinegars, biscottis of all kinds, chocolates, coffee. Man, I'm getting uh, I'm getting hungry just talking about this. Food for you to prepare the ultimate Valentine's Day dinner. They have it. The finest in Italian products straight to your door and available for you to see online. You can shop right now as you're listening to this podcast. Go to berchici.ca, B-E-R-C-H-I-C-C-I. 
ca order and receive your goods at home back with episode 87 of the drive-by podcast okay so uh calamari cocktail valentine's so there's there's some love there's some uh disgust uh, there's a john tory mayor of toronto there's some lust and uh, inappropriate behavior for the mayor and now it's the love-hate relationship with the montreal canadians and I've always loved my hockey team, but I find that in the last couple of years, they've done a lot of things, in my opinion, that I have not liked as a fan. One of those things is I just feel, and I've talked about this before, that sometimes just for marketing purposes, for the fact that they, like any other business, need to make more money, have made some missteps. One of the missteps was finally highlighted by their head coach, Martin St. Louis. Martin St. Louis says, in not so many words, he's sick of the blue Canadian jerseys. They look more like the away jerseys that the Montreal Expos had, that light blue jersey, and the Habs, for quite a while, were losing when wearing that jersey. Then they won a game, then they went, I guess, back to losing. As soon as I saw earlier in the year that the Montreal Canadiens and other teams we're going to sell out their jerseys to corporations like the Toronto Maple Leafs have the Milk logo. The Montreal Canadiens have the Royal Bank. I thought to myself, uh, let me find out here. How much How much are they making for this? And it's not more. It's not a penny more or less than about $3 million from what I understand. Now, I thought to myself, you're selling out your heritage organization for $3 million. That's it? That's it. I know to a lot of people, you're saying $3 million is a lot of money. But to a team that is worth what they're worth, they're one of the most notorious, richest organizations in sport, in hockey, worth over a billion dollars. And $3 million is going to get you to tamper with the jersey. And finally, as I said, the head coach of the Montreal Can- Canadiens brought it up in saying, Pretty much he hates it, right? And and I love the fact that he said this, that he had the balls to say this. Because people go out, they buy these jerseys. Last year it was what? That, it was more of a purple, blue, I don't know, a dark blue. Now it's a light blue. And I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. The Montreal Canadiens, and he even said it, the coach, should be red, white, and then blue. But not all blue. It should be red, white. That's the predominant colors. Back in the day, the home... Montreal Canadiens jersey was the white jersey, and the red was the away when I was younger. Now they flipped it because they were selling more red jerseys. They started doing this a couple of decades ago. I'm okay with that stuff, okay? And I'm even okay with the occasional jersey that comes out. They keep getting more and more ridiculous. And this one is like looks like the Expos away jersey. And the Expos haven't been a thing for 20 years almost, okay? It's, it's 20 years the Expos left town. We hang on to things we don't have anymore. That's something about Montreal, because we had it so good so many years ago. We had the Stanley Cups. We had the Montreal Expos. Everybody came to Montreal before everybody escaped Montreal to go to Toronto because of, obviously, language issues. So we live a lot in the past. Montrealers like to live in the past, and especially my generation and older Montrealers. They live in the past. Remember, remember, remember. It's all nostalgia. Forget it when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens. We don't need... Any jerseys to alter what the heritage of the Montreal Canadiens is all about. Let's stop it. Let's forget all this stuff. We understand you want to sell jerseys. Think of something else. 
bring in the talent, which they are slowly but surely, to build a Stanley Cup winning team. And let's focus in on bringing the right players so that they sell the jerseys as opposed to having season after season and thinking, what's the next gimmicky thing we could do? What's the next gimmick? What's the next thing we could put out there that people are going to go out and buy and spend a lot of money on? That's what I feel the Montreal Canadiens have done. And to me, it's a complete disappointment as a longtime fan. If I saw Jeff Molson and he asked me, not, not that he would, what would you do? Uh, that's what I would do. And we do a lot of things to appeal to people who remember the Canadians winning Stanley Cups, which they haven't done now since 1993. So we need to get over it. We need to move on. It's the same thing with the torch and all that stuff. Then we got UP, the Expos mascot to be the Montreal Canadiens mascot. I'm okay with that. But now, uh, like, uh, stop. Stop it. Stop it. Canadians are the Canadians. They're not the Expos. Move on. Move on. Move on. Episode 87 of the Drive-By Podcast is brought to you by Berkici.ca. Order online. Order now. The best in Italian products. And we'll deliver them straight to your door. Not me personally, but someone will. Thousands of items are available for you to see on their website. It's Berkici.ca. Back with the Thursday edition of the podcast in just a couple of days. Thank you so much for listening. Ciao for now. The Drive-By with Freeway Frank.